Good Sunday morning. It is 7.08, just about 7.09. I hope you're having a nice morning so far. My name is Susie Jones, along with Charlie Weiss. Good morning, Charlie. How are you today? Not too bad, Susie. A little, little tired this morning. Yeah, some, you know. Some Sundays a little more than others. This is one of them. Sometimes this time of year, for people who celebrate lots of different holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, you're going to a lot of parties. Yeah, very true. And I have been going to a lot of parties. And last night I was at a party and a couple people wore masks. Yeah. And 95 masks. And I said, do you have COVID? And she said, no, I don't want to get it. (laughs) As good of a reason as any. Do you know? And I think that this time of year people are getting sick. And I think the first thought I always get when I'm sick is take that COVID test, of which I've got a couple in the medicine Mm -hmm. cabinet. So more and more people are getting COVID again. More and more people. People are getting, and children particularly, RSV. And we have invited on to the program today as we are nearing, uh, right in the middle of the holiday season, uh, folks from Hennepin County Public Health and Hennepin Healthcare, both. We're having two doctors on today, so it's your lucky day. 651-461-9226, that's the number to call or text if you have a question as we go out the morning here. We have Hennepin County Public Health Director, Dr. Susan and Hennepin Healthcare Dr. Emily Eskew. So welcome to both of you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us, Susie. So we'll have two of you on, so I'll try to address the questions to each of you so you don't answer at the same time. How's that? Sounds good. (laughs) Okay, super. Let's start with um, Dr. Plachik. The the email that came across our desk was, get your health boost in time for the holiday. Let's talk about what you're seeing, first of all, and what you'd like to see. So, Susan, why don't you go ahead first? Um, sure. Thank you. So a couple of things we're seeing. As you mentioned, it's the holiday season. People are gathering. People are spending a lot more time indoors. And um, it's also respiratory illness season. So we're seeing higher rates of uh, influenza, COVID, and RSV. Um, and unfortunately, not seeing higher rates of vaccination that we'd like to see to come along with that. Where are we with vaccinations right now? Um, the influenza rates are actually all influenza vaccination is lower than it was in the previous year. Um, the COVID vaccination rates um, are not are, they're not so great either. So uh, lower uptake, among, especially among older adults. And the, the interest that was um, when the vaccine first came out has waned. People aren't... Uh, standing in line the same way they were to get their vaccines. What do you think's going on with vaccines, Susan? And we had this discussion last night, as I mentioned, I went to a party and a couple people had masks on and we talked about kind of that, a little bit of that laissez-faire, well, I, you know, should I get it? Shouldn't I get it? And isn't it all just over? And some people are more concerned and other people are less concerned. What are you kind of seeing in terms of attitudes about vaccinations? A lot of it is, Kind of laissez-faire. Um, the healthcare providers um, they might not be getting recommendations from their healthcare providers either because they're not asking or because it's just not there. Um, some people do have concerns about um, unknown side effects. Um, some people do get mild side effects, and then oh my gosh, I got side effects. Um, and some and some and I think in a lot of cases it's just not high on people's 
list of things to do. Yeah, exactly. And and that's a bit unfortunate because, you know, we've had Dr. Michael Osterholm, University of Minnesota, uh, Director of Epidemiology and Infectious Disease, and he talks about the fact that we might be done with COVID, but it's not done with us, you know, and that's really, you know, that's an interesting thing. Uh, 651-461-9226, that's the number that you can call or you can text, and a lot of people like to get involved on the text line. So I'll ask this question of our texter this morning, and then we'll bring Dr. Eshu in as well. Am I saying that right, uh, Emily? Uh, it's SQ like rescue. SQ like rescue. Perfect. Well, here's the question that I'll give to both of you as you are both doctors. This texture writes, my daughter, who's 34 years old, has a severe fever, diarrhea. How long to wait before going to the doctor? Or is there anything she can take for this? She's not. She has not eaten in two days. So that's a good question. A lot of people wonder about when is it time to go to the doctor? You know, should you just stay home and wait it out? When do you go? And just if you want to answer it, jump in and say your name. This is Emily. I can take that one. Um, I think at two days, especially since she's 34, if she's otherwise healthy, it probably is worth at least a call to her doctor, her doctor's nurse's line, um, especially if she's not eating. I definitely would want her pushing fluids. Um, there would be some more questions about her exposure risk before we say, oh, let's take antidiarrheals. Um, but trying to eat bland foods, we like the brat diet, the bananas, rice, applesauce. Um, but I think at two days and someone who's otherwise healthy, they're probably okay to give it a little bit more time. Um, but I think that most doctors have a nurse's line um, or helpline. And I think at two days, that's a good time to, to give a call, especially so they can assess knowing her history. Yeah. And this isn't obviously, I don't know, but the concern would might be um, get dehydration, right? If you can't keep fluids in. Exactly. Yeah, good. 651-461-9226. We have another texture. This person writes this morning, I'm 68 and I want to get the RSV shot, but what are the side effects? And you can say who you are and jump in if you want to get this, Susan or Emily. This is Emily again. I can take that one. So the recommendation right now is that uh, people over 60 have a conversation with their healthcare provider about RSV. Um, right now, they're not saying everyone over 60. That's a bit different for pregnant women, but that people over 60 should talk with their healthcare provider because people at increased risk, age is considered one of those risks, um, should consider RSV, the RSV vaccine. Um, there are some side effects like with other vaccines. So um, thinking about about a day of arm soreness, um, or body aches. But a couple things that we're watching, um, and the CDC reported, there was a little bit increased risk of atrial fibrillation. Honestly, not as much as I would expect in an older population, but a little bit. Um, and then there was a, a small amount of neurologic side effects, a little bit more than we would expect from a typical vaccine. So for that reason, they're recommending to us providers that we uh, focus this on people at highest risk for severe illness from RSV, so people that have had significant lung disease, immune problems, um, heart disease, or other organ um, disease. So 
So that's a really good conversation to have with doctors. I've been talking with my colleagues about how to have these conversations, um, and I know uh, other doctors in the area have been talking with their patients um, as this season goes on, and we're finding out more about this vaccine. All right, very good. Once again, if you are just tuning in, we're talking about vaccinations, particularly in Hennepin County, as Hennepin County has launched a campaign to uh, encourage adults 65 and older to get updated flu and COVID vaccinations. Our guest, Dr. Susan Palchik, she is the Hennepin County Public Health Director and Hennepin Healthcare Dr. Emily Eskew. Your calls, your texts are welcome, 651-461-9226. We are back right after this. Welcome back. It is 720 on a Sunday morning. My name is Susie Jones, and we're talking about vaccinations as it is the holiday season. Hennepin County out with a new campaign to encourage people to particularly older adults to get their health boost with the updated flu and COVID vaccines. Let's invite back to the program Susan Palchik. She is Hennepin County Public Health Director about this campaign. And if you wouldn't mind, Susan, kind of give us an overview of what you are going to do to try to get the word out and help more people get vaccinated. Uh, Thanks, Susie. Um, We're trying to get the word out and make people think about vaccines in a little bit different way. Um, You know, your health, you can boost your health in a number of different ways. And um, that's what we're framing vaccinations as, is kind of giving yourself another health boost. And especially, as we talked about before, with, you know, people gathering during the holidays and just some of the um, seasonal trends in influenza and COVID to a certain extent, it's just, it's a good time to think about it. And how are you getting the message out? Do you have ads? Are you, you know, kind of talk about what media you're using to educate people about this availability and the importance of it? This is a multimedia um, campaign, and um, I'm really excited. The 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 models that we use really represent the the whole. Whole, all of Minnesota, so mm. trying to reach different populations so that people can see people that look like them. Um, and there's videos, there's going to be radio spots, there's mm. going to be print spots, um, really trying to get to as many markets as we can with that. It's interesting. I'm reading a bit more about this, and you write, with well over 95% of older adults in Hennepin County were eager to get the original COVID-19 vaccination. She says, we have not seen similar interest in the updated vaccines. This concerns us because, you say, immunity decreases over time while the viruses continue to change. This has been a very tricky virus, has it not, in terms of mutation and kind of trying to stay ahead of it. How would you describe that fight to keep up with covid it does keep on changing and um, mutating and just presenting itself a little bit differently. But the um, vaccines are showing to be effective at, at the very least in reducing hospitalizations and death. So even though the viruses are mutating, um, we still have a pretty good tool in the toolbox. 
That's great. 651-461-9226. That is our talk and text line. You can call and ask a question, or a lot of people just feel more comfortable with our text line. And we have a good question here, and and I wonder, Susan, if you can address this, or Emily. Uh, My at-home COVID test package says, used by 9-16-2023. Is it okay to use it, or should I throw it out? That is an excellent question. This is Susan. Um, the uh, uh, most of the test kits have been updated with their expiration date based on, you know, lab studies on whether they still work. And um, I don't have it in front of me, but there is a. Um, you could probably Google it. Um, there's a website you can go to to um, find out what the real expiration date is. So oh. you put in the, the model model number or code number for your kit, and it'll tell you the actual expiration date. So a good number of those are still, still uh, good. And you know what's interesting about this? I was just telling you guys, I went to that party last night, and everybody was, like, chatting about COVID-19 and our attitudes and how they've changed. And there's still, like, it got brought up that somebody had COVID, right? And we're like, okay, so are we, how many days quarantine? Should we know? You know, I mean, it's like we're back to square one about what exactly should we do about, you know what I'm saying? So go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that's always confusing. And when people ask me, I automatically go to the CDC website because they have a calculator right there. So cdc.gov. Um, and it'll tell you, you know, if, you know, if you have symptoms, what you should do. If you just had a positive test, what you should do. You know, how many days should, should you isolate? And five days you should isolate, and then you, when you should wear a mask, when you shouldn't wear a mask. So, um, and there's all kinds of nuances in there. So I just um, I go right there when somebody asks a question, rather than trying to remember all the, the details and the minutia of, of each uh, possible scenario. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We are talking about vaccinations and a new campaign to encourage adults sixty five and older to get updated both flu and COVID vaccinations. And we do have some questions coming in on our text line. How much of the vaccine hesitancy do you attribute to some public health messaging early in the pandemic that said if you received a COVID vaccine? You would not get COVID, which turned out to be false. So did, I mean, because there were some, I mean, it's all about that immunity. Uh, So, for example, I got COVID and I had got vaccinated early, early. And then I got COVID about a year and a half later without getting a boost. So that just meant I had weakened my fighting mechanism to COVID. Is that what happens when you get it even after you've had the vaccination? There, there's a couple of things that happen. Um, one is, like you said, there is waning immunity so that the longer after you've had the vaccination, the less immunity you have. But so no vaccine is 100 uh, percent protective. And I think um, with the COVID vaccine um, and the changing nature of the virus and just how um, it's, it's evolving, the really the um, again, it's not 100 percent. But the vaccine does reduce your chances of hospitalization and death. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Emily, let's talk a little bit about uh, the RSV sickness that's out there. I know it's is it 
children or adults? I mean, who? where are we seeing the, the, the meat of it, the most of it? So I'm a geriatrician, meaning I mainly focus on people over 65. And I'll say for a long time, we really only talked about RSV in children because it's the number one reason that uh, infants, um, especially in their first year of life, get hospitalized. And mm. every winter um, was, RSV, uh, was RSV season. We now have vaccines for pregnant women. So the new vaccine we're giving both to older adults and pregnant women. But we're also, um, there's, you know, new information coming out that we think this is about 10% of the colds that are going around. So we all are probably getting RSV as part of our couple colds a year. Um, But it seems like this is a, a cold virus that tends to affect the small airways more. And that's why it can affect little babies that have small airways to begin with. And um, older adults with lower immunity, especially those that have lung disease, um, that are going to be more susceptible to changes in those airways. So to follow up with that, for example, you're talking about young children and older people. So young younger babies are more affected by RSV than old people, or would you say that's about equal? How are they, how is the Uh, older group affected differently? So the older group still can get RSV. And for most people, it's like another cold, but we do think this probably is causing about 5,000 deaths in the older group per year, Mm. um, which is still in Minnesota. Not in Minnesota. That's that's nationwide. nationwide. Yeah, that's a big number. Um, and the RSV shot. I mean, well, let me ask this: treatment. So I, I feel like people are, have this cough out there. I have, I have a few friends with this crazy cough that won't go away. I mean, weeks they still are coughing, and I think, mm-hmm. well, maybe they have RSV, and they just don't know it. And if you have it. How do you treat it? Do you take an antibiotic? I mean, what kind of a sickness is it to get over? That's where it's hard. So RSV doesn't have any specific post-treatment. Even in kids, there's not a, a after getting RSV treatment. It's all supportive. Um, any virus can really have that lingering cough, so it's hard to tell. Um, but it is important. And so, and so I'd say in adults, we don't usually test for RSV unless people are in the hospital because there's not a specific treatment. And it can be really hard to tell the difference between all of these respiratory viruses. A lot of them have cough and fever. And this is where doing your home COVID tests, um, if you're having a lot of body aches, going into the doctor and maybe getting a flu test, because there are specific treatments for both COVID and for flu that we can give to decrease symptoms um, and decrease your chance of getting hospitalized from these. Very good. We are talking this hour, and and, uh, Susan, did you want to jump in on that? I thought I I heard you. Yeah, she covered it. And we covered it great. So here's what we're going to do now, girls. We are going to take a break. It is 7.30. We'll take a couple-minute break. I'll tell folks what the weather forecast looks like. And, again, if you are just tuning in, we're talking to Hennepin County Public Health Director Susan Palchik and Hennepin Healthcare Dr. Emily Eskew. And we are inviting your phone calls at 651-461-9226. We're talking about COVID vaccinations, RSV, and any other question you have around these illnesses that are lurking in our midst. We're back after this.
And we are back with the last half hour of the show. My name is Susie Jones, and we're talking about vaccinations in time for the holiday season. A lot of folks getting together and people you haven't seen in a while. The old days we talked about your pod. So a lot of us are having experiences with people that are not in our pod. And we have with us on our news line Dr. Susan Palchik. She is Hennepin County Public Health Director. We also have Hennepin Healthcare Dr. Emily Eskew. Eskew, and we invite your calls and texts at 651-461-9226. This texter writes, I'm a flight attendant. Should I be wearing a mask being in an enclosed tube? That was 10 minutes ago. hope you're still listening. Uh, go ahead with your advice to her, please. And uh, whoever wants to take it. This is this is Susan Palchik. Um there's professional advice and personal advice, maybe. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, My personal feeling is if you're in an enclosed space um, and for a large amount of time and there um, are uh, COVID rates are rising across the country, across the world, um, it makes sense to me to wear a mask. One that fits well, that you're comfortable wearing. Susan, I have a follow-up. Oh, go ahead, Dr. Emily. I, I was going to say that that would be my advice, too. These viruses are going around like crazy right now. So I think even with, you know, hopefully people are staying home if they're not traveling for the holidays when they're sick. But illness tends to peak after, you know, I get a lot of calls after holidays. So I think if you want to prevent it and you're, you're going to be on a plane, I'm recommending to my friends and family to wear a mask while they're on the plane. And in the airport. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And in the grocery store. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we get a lot of texts on our news line and our text line. And some people say, um, these people don't know what they're talking about. They're just spewing statistics. How do you still deal with that kind of vitriol or that resistance to what's happening in the world? And Susan, do you want to start with that? Sure. I think the data speak for themselves in terms of hospitalizations and deaths and um, virus transmission. Um yeah, I, I think the, the data speaks for themselves. Yeah. We have uh, Ken. Oh, go ahead. And people bring this up when we're um, in clinic appointments, and I try to um, ask more about kind of where their feelings about that come from, um, what about this they don't, they don't trust, and if they know anybody who's been really seriously ill from this, because I think part of that is um, – I've seen so many people get ill from these, and I know this may not prevent all disease, but can definitely help. Um, and so I think really, um, I think that's part where having a relationship with a provider you trust can be helpful. Yeah. We have a caller. Ken is on our news line to ask you both a question, or maybe just the doctor, uh, the Emily skewed doctor, the Medical doctor and not the Ph.D. doctor. Lots of doctors. Um, Ken, go ahead. You're on the air. Thank you. Um, my uh, granddaughter who is uh, four and a half months old. And uh, so my daughter was going and trying to find RSV vaccination for her, my granddaughter, that is. And uh, she, she called around, called around. 
and uh, I actually went to my local pharmacy, and they pharmacies can't give RSV vaccinations. They have to go to get a go to a hospital or a, a clinic, and uh, so. Um, I don't know. Uh, she she even talked to her pediatric doctor, and she said, "No, we don't have that for uh, uh, infants hmm. that that age, and so on and so forth." Okay. So I'm wondering what the heck is going on. Yeah, can you address that? Do you want to talk about that, Emily or Susan, and say your name and go first? Yeah, um, this is Emily. One thing is there are two different treatments that we're talking about. One is, is the RSV vaccine that we're giving to women at 34 to 38 weeks. That became available, I think, around September. So that may have been just after when it sounds like your daughter would have been able to take this. There is a different treatment that are given to uh, young children under uh, certain months of age that's different than that vaccine. Um, and that's the one that we have had supply issues with, um, and Dr. Palchuk, you may know more about that, but so the, the treatment after uh, babies are born has been harder to get, and so that's why they're really pushing to give the treatment to pregnant women um, while we can, but it sounds like they may have just been right in that time with this being new that they weren't able to catch that. All right, very good. I wanted to jump in there. A couple of really, I think, uh, important questions to get out in terms of what people need to know. This person texts, if I had COVID in August, how soon can I get the shot or am I immune for some period of time? And um, whoever would like to take that, please go ahead. This is Emily. I can. Um, they do say that you probably have, per, uh, you know, increased protection for about three months, but also that you can get the vaccine um, after two weeks. Um, so I think weighing when you had your uh, when you had your infection, if it was August, we're now past that three months, and we're really getting into the meat of respiratory virus season. So I'd be recommending that they go ahead and get a vaccine. Okay. This next texter writes, is RSV a new virus? I don't remember hearing about it until maybe 2022, and I agree with that. I I was like, RSV, what's that? It's not a new virus. This has been around for quite a while, but I think the pediatricians knew this so much more than the adult doctors. And I'll say, I had never, as an adult doctor, I hadn't really thought about RSV much since I had done my pediatrics rotation. And then when we started hearing, you know, about this triple demic, and part of it was the um, isolation that we did with at the height of COVID sort of shifted the normal RSV season. I had told you that winter we used to know in the children's hospitals was going to be RSV season, and we had a strange summer RSV season. Um, but I think that's when we started seeing this in adults. The other thing is that in the last 10 years, we now have really more uh, testing. Um, when adults are coming into the hospital, we're now doing uh, kind of broader viral panels. So we're seeing these positives more than we used to really because we're testing for it, like I said, in the hospitals. We're really not testing in the clinics yet, but when someone is sick enough to come to the hospital. Once again, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about vaccinations and 
particularly a new campaign in Hennepin County to encourage adults 65 and older to get updated flu and COVID vaccines. Um, Dr. Palchik, can you tell me about how you de- uh, detect this illness? I know early on in the pandemic, we talked about wastewater testing as a way to measure how much sickness is out there. What's happening now with that? That's a great question. I think the wastewater testing is actually probably even more valuable than it was early on in the pandemic because a lot of the testing was done um, with the kits that got reported um, before. So now that people are doing home tests, um, those aren't reported anywhere. So the statistics on the infection rate um, are not the same as they were before, because now it's just people that go to the doctor or hospital that have testing done there. But the wastewater is a way to to detect the traces of the virus before um, people are getting sick. So it's like it can detect person-to-person transmission um, because it's in the wastewater. And some people, you know, as you know, can have an infection and not have symptoms. So but they can still um, then transmit it. So the wastewater is just, it's been a really constant way of keeping track of where we are in terms of virus levels in the community. And right now those are, those are peaking like crazy. So um, the Midwest is higher than the national average in terms of the viral load in the wastewater and Minnesota um, is particularly high within the region. Now, I wonder, that's interesting why that might be, Susan. Uh, you know, why, know. why, why, why are we sicker <laughs> than the rest of the country? We're just special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a bad way. Listen, we have to break our final break, but when we come back, we'll get to some more of these text questions because there are more. 651-461-9226. We're back right after this. And we are back. It is 749 on a Sunday morning, 36 degrees outside. A little bit foggy, so be careful out there. It's that weird time of weather temperatures that make that fog possible. So make sure you're driving carefully. If you're in the kitchen getting ready for church or whatever you're getting ready for, we are happy that you've made a decision to tune in here to WCCO Radio. My name is Susie Jones, and we're talking about vaccinations for influenza, for COVID, for RSV. We talked about shingles at our party last night. Lots of people are talking about it. Um, and unfortunately, not so many are actually going through with it and getting the shot. We've invited you to the program as well at 651-461-9226. A texture writes this morning, Dr. Emily Askew is with us, Hennepin Healthcare, and Dr. Susan Polchik. She is the Hennepin County Public Health Director. What about long covid my mother has long COVID, and she has that brain fog, and she gets so frustrated. Are you continuing to see that, to hear about that? And maybe, Dr. Eskew, you can start, and Susan, if you want to jump in after. So what are you seeing in terms of long COVID? We are still seeing long COVID. Um, the good news is that as we're getting, as there's more research on this, what we're finding is most people's symptoms are improving by about a year, but there are still some whose symptoms persist longer than that. We're still learning about long COVID. What we do know is that um, 
preventing COVID is going to be the best way to prevent long COVID, and possibly that treating COVID um, with uh, the treatment like Paxlovid might reduce your chance of getting long COVID, but that's not super clear yet. Um, we, it, like I said before, we do have treatments for things like COVID and flu, but prevention is going to be much better than risking with our treatments. Do you want to add anything, um, Susan, Dr. Palchik? Um, no, just that, I mean, there's also um, thought that the vaccination may reduce the risk of long COVID. But again, that goes along with, like Dr. Um, as you said, that if you don't get COVID, then you're really reducing your chances of long COVID. Exactly. <laughs> Texture writes, people are not staying home. I thanked a clerk at the drugstore for wearing a mask the other day. She told me all the employees at that store caught COVID uh, she shared about customers coming in without masks looking for COVID tests because they think they have it. Oh, I just, like you said, I think we, we've dropped our guard a bit. And while we're, I don't know, I, what are the numbers of people dying still? They're not dying in droves like they were, but there are still people dying of COVID. Right, Dr. Eskew? Eskew? Yes. Yes, we're still having people hospitalized, and thank goodness we're not seeing deaths near at the rate, but we are still seeing deaths. Um, the other thing I'd make a plug for while we're talking about testing is I just was notified there is um, the free tests from the government. Um, you can get four more. Um, you can go order those from the Postal Service, um, and if you didn't get some earlier in the fall, you're actually eligible for AIDS. So I'd go sign up for those because I think having them at home before you need them, because pretty much any runny nose or cough or fever, I would just go ahead and test so you know to stay home. What is that website to get the free tests? Dr. Pelchuk, do you know? Um, there's actually two different ways you can do it. You can get them through MDH or you can get them and or you can get them through the federal. And I don't have that right in my fingers. I'm sure Charlie, our producer, can find it out. But that's always good to have, isn't it? So, you know, it's not a bad idea to to know just even if you're sick and you think, oh, the heck with it. I'm just have a cold. Good idea to know it. Because, again, if you do have COVID and you just think you have a cold and you don't test and you go out and about shopping and coughing, you don't know how much you could be spreading it. And I'll I'll say that it is is covidtests.gov is where you can order those. Thank you. Charlie found one that says say yes home (laughs) test.org. That's a good one. Well, so there's no reason to not have a bunch of those tests in your house. So, again, let's go back to uh, Susan for a minute and what's happening in Hennepin County. You're out there with campaign and multimedia. You're also, are you putting vaccination clinics in various community settings like senior centers or, yeah. Oh, I guess, you know what, we're almost out of time, so we do have to wrap it up. I shouldn't have asked you that follow-up question. (laughs) Let me say thank you to both of you for coming on. Thank You're you, welcome. Susan. Thank you, Emily. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having us. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we'll be back after news on News Talk 830 WCCO.